I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 15 of the Massive Fans Book Club Podcast. Today, we are going to see some characters we haven't seen in a while because we are covering Chapters 56 through 59 of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. And the intensity of this section gave us some great songs to work with in the playlist. <laughs> um, one I have, as I told Kelsey, I've been sitting on it for quite a while. I knew I had a place no, to use I'm it. No, I'm happy for you. Up. I think it's a good choice. I think it's a good choice. What can I say? Um, but before we get anywhere near that, here's the spiel. Okay, this podcast isn't for little years. As always, we still encourage you to reach out to us on any and all platforms. And per usual, we will share our socials at the end of the show and then our show notes. Yep. And as we head into spring and our second year recording, we have more fun guests, giveaways, and plans. So stick around with us as we wrap up Akawar. I can't believe we're getting there, guys. No. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. I mean, first it's going to be a hard time, and then it's going to be a stressful time, but then it's it's still going to be a good time. <laughs> it is. It's going to be awesome. And we were just talking about some stuff we want to do before we started to record. So we're so excited. Yes, so, so excited to share all of this with you guys. So hang on and, and, you know, get ready. Um, <laughs> I know. Just, I can't believe it's almost a year. My mind is just like, yeah. poof, gone. What? Um. So Kelsey, Um. so these chapters are, are mostly short. Mostly. Uh, except for the f- first one. So yeah. you want to kick us off? Yeah, so 56 is, like, weirdly long, and it's, like, a little hard to summarize well, given, like, I don't know. I find trying to summarize already summarized battle stuff complicated, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I totally do. (laughs) Like, there's only so many ways to shorten what has already clearly been, like, shorthand explained, you know what I mean? yeah so we're gonna do our best (laughs) so basically if you forgot uh we left off with like jurian had just like spilled some big old beans and um he was right everything he said was like right on the money uh highburns peeps are exactly where jurian said they'd be and like because we were prepared, <laughs> the Illyrian army is able to like sweep in and they like come over, like as they're coming over the spring border into summer. And basically, like the Illyrians meet Hybern's forces, like as they're coming over. And apparently, Hybern's forces really had no idea this was like even remotely going to be a thing because they look shooketh. To <laughs> be they look they look shooketh because Reese had cloaked all of the Illyrians, like in their like you know secret yes. magicy invisible shield bullshit. I don't know, guys. I'm not real. I'm still not like real sure how the magic like works in this universe, but whatever. Um, <laughs> long story short, you just have to know that Reese like cloaked everybody so that they could sneak attack, and that we're given like the information that like Reese was able to do it, which like duh, because he was able to like cloak all of Volaris. So I don't really know why this is a shock to us. But apparently this was like rough. He's like sweating and like it's like definitely depleting his abilities a little bit. So there's that. Um also in case we're curious, like everybody flew in except um more winnowed Feyre like spot to spot, which I'm sorry, this just sounds ridiculous to me that like more like basically winnowed from cloud to cloud while they were flying. I don't know. There had to be a better fucking way. <laughs> but, you know, nobody asked me. I don't fucking know, dudes. 
Um, but anyway, that's where we're at. Well, maybe, maybe she had to do that because they didn't have an exact location of somewhere that they could land. I, I suppose that is the case. I don't know. It just seems kind of crazy to me, but whatever. It, it um, does, but that's kind of how I thought of it was, was maybe because they don't know exactly where they're going to need to stop where the battle is actually going to happen. And that so actually does make more sense than anything my brain came up with. So let's go with that. Okay. Like I said, <laughs> it, it was, that's kind of how my brain worked. I was like, oh, okay, well, the logic here would be. So now I'm going to poorly describe to you um, the way they, <laughs> I'm going to poorly describe the way that the Illyrians do their Illyrian thing, okay? Because like I said, otherwise I'd have to just read you the words from the page, so, because there's just like not a better way to describe this. But so, can, okay, so like, they're no longer cloaked, they're like, boo, we're here! And Hybrid's like, da fuck? And then the Illyrians are like, okay, we're ready! And Cassian's like, okay, shields! And you're like, what, Captain America's here? No! They mean that they're gonna use their shields to do like the thing where they make a wall of shields that look like fishy scales. I hope that like makes sense. Been, um guardians of the galaxy when they were defending that town the the city oh there you in the go air with the spaceship with the spaceships right yes that, that, that magical sense. like gridded shield. you know the the gridded shield that they put around the city when when um what's his face came to yeah attack. okay i have a question so when you read this okay maybe this uh-huh. was just me when you read this did your brain really go to like wow this is some like trojan war shit (laughs) like did your brain kind of go like this is described very weirdly like all of those movies that came remember like the early 2000s when we were obsessed with the idea of like putting people like brad pitt in bad leather armor and making like bad epics that don't make any sense like yeah yeah to for some reason this section really like read like that to me and i don't mean that like in a bad way like i made the movie sound bad because the movies are bad but like <laughs> i just mean the way it's like described felt very like but y'all have magic so why aren't you using it <laughs> but i digress whatever uh the illyrians do some illyrian shielding shit and cures peeps also show up and they've got their shadowy shield shit and more see this is why i don't really understand because i guess they did have a like place selected because more went as them to like a tree covered hill that like overlooks this whole area so i mean i guess maybe they wanted to wait and make sure that like really ended up working out before they were just standing in the trees like where is everybody um (laughs) probably would be a good guess i mean like i said it's war so yeah so more winnows the girls to the trees like Feyre and nesta is there too i believe if i recall correctly Mm -hmm. yes and they're just where the fuck is elaine somebody remind me where elaine is elaine's got to be there i don't feel like we ever talk about her though they have to because it comes up later okay so elaine is there uh she is knitting a can koozie in the corner i don't know She is embroidering in a shady corner with her picnic basket. I don't know. I don't know. She loves and me. She loves me. Naughty. Loves me. I, I, don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. So Elaine is around. <laughs> we suppose. 
anyway, so they're now like in this like tree covered hill area overlooking what is essentially about to become like the battlefield as everybody's like closing in on each other. And this spot was chosen specifically because like Asriel did some scouting and like worked with Cassian and they decided that this area would give the Illyrians and Kyr's uh, troops the best like advantage because of the like slope of the land and blah, blah, blah. And this is very much why it felt like a, like one of those epics to me, because there was just like a lot of thought process for like, you know, high ground versus not for some people who can fly. Um, (laughs) So fine, whatever. Slope of ground. Good thing. Anyway, it's on our side. We like that. So Cassian, Asriel and Reese spread out among like the front line which is like of the Lyrians which is pretty cool um and Farah just like gives us a quick heads up of like what they're wearing and basically that they like match everybody else but they have these fancy helmets that have like swept up wave raven wing things which is like wild and I can't wait to see it for TV and I think maybe that's why it came off like very like (laughs) Trojan War to me I don't know Something about the way it was described came off very, like, old world, not fey world to me. <laughs> well, it's that, or I also have some weird, like, Lord of the Rings images in my head. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, maybe more like, um, what's his face? Uh, like, more like Gondor. Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let's go with that. I like it. We're going to roll with that so that I stop getting weird, like, Greco-Roman, like, man-killed images. Um. I really really have, like, these... I think it's, like, I have a weird image of something between, like, Loki's helmet and and the the ones from Lord of the Rings. Okay, thank you. The the Elven ones. You know, Thorandil and all of I, that. Like, I appreciate that because I needed that because otherwise my brain was going to fill in the dots on its own and we were going to get the Disney Hercules outfit. Oh, um, no. <laughs> That's not the one in my head, I assure you. But it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's a weird, like, it is weird the way they're described. Yeah. So, but I, I just, I guess I should say thank God for some of the stuff I've read in my life because... Well, it you know, because really, it just depends on how where your brain goes. Because if you call back to when we read Akatar, not everybody had this problem, but enough millennials had this problem that the Middengard worm definitely was the Texas bullworm from SpongeBob to many of us. Yes, <laughs> like we all logically knew that made no sense, but we could not help ourselves. <laughs> and then you had me, who you know. <laughs> I was somewhere mixed between the dune worms and the sarlock pick, so which makes a lot more sense. But I mean, when I sent you the Texas bullworm meme, like, was I wrong? <laughs> I mean, was Feyre not sandy cheeks? <laughs> like, no, it was it was pretty funny. I mean, you know how bad I laughed on that one. But. If that's its tongue, then that means the whole thing is the worm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so moving on yeah so um we're not wearing hercules outfits let's go with the loki uh helmet i like it anyway (laughs) anyway um so yeah the guys are like actually like in it with like the front lines they are like actually like showing up to do the work and 
So like Jurian had already told Cassian, well, told Reese to tell Cassian, Cassian has already prepped the Illyrians to hit from that right flank that Jurian mm-hmm. said would like stop. So we're going for it. And Favorite kind of notes that like, even though the army that they're like against is like huge, like she doesn't see like a leader of importance. Like she's not seeing like Hibern there or like, Tamlin there or like Jurian who in theory would still be playing the part of Hybern's like little dude like Jurian's not there so they're like wait so she's like in her head she's like wait a minute wait a minute if this army is this big and they're not with said army how fucking big is the army they are with yeah so that's bad um don't love that don't love that um, and now we get multiple pages of, like I said, I can't, there's no real good way to like give you the like play by play because then I would just have to read you the words on the page. Like basically, basically the Illyrians are going to hit that right flank. Like they were told Cassian is actually going to come in from the left. I'm not sure the thought process there. I guess he's as good as a big group of people. I don't know. It's fine. And he probably is. I mean, he does he have probably is. And basically, like, they're shredding through this army pretty successfully. Um, There are chunks of it that are, like, being shielded by, like, Hybern's magic in some way. So Reese is kind of trying to, like, break those down. Asriel and Cassian are trying to, like, break through those because they're the only ones, like, probably strong enough to do so. So, like, they're kind of trying to reserve themselves for those pockets so that, like, Kier's Darkbringers and the Illyrians can, like, just do their thing with, like, the regular folk. (laughs) and um pretty quickly this whole area becomes like a really gross like blood-drenched mud pit so like that's really attractive yummy yeah it's it's cute uh (laughs) at some point um that one flank of like the the highburn like noble shit Mm -hmm. non-trained royals Mm -hmm. they uh literally just like drop their shit and run screaming in the other direction Uh, (laughs) Exactly. There is one uh, commander on a pony. Uh, I mean, okay, it's probably a horse, probably not a pony, but whatever. Um, so there's one hybrid commander on a pony, and he, I don't, okay, it says he does not turn, okay, this is what it says, and I'm like, maybe I'm too stupid to visualize this. There was one mounted commander who did not go easily, who didn't turn his horse toward that river behind them to flee. And I got that. I got that. But suddenly I'm now envisioning all the other commanders screaming, mommy and running for the water. And I just don't see how, like, what are they going to swim? I don't don't understand. Like, why are they running towards the water? That seems like a, because they had, they had to cross it to get to them. Yeah. But they're like, that means the, the main camp is on the other side. Right. But like, Illyrians can fly. I don't know. I don't. I don't don't know. I just. I feel like we keep ignoring the fact that the Illyrians and like they can fucking fly. I don't know. Anyway, I I don't know. Yeah, whatever. For some reason, there's not a lot of flying involved in the way this is described. There is a lot of ground war, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, but here's here's the thing though. Highburns people can't fly. Right. So I guess I'm just thinking about it like, you know. Again, I question that because we know he has those outer, like, 
Right. And that's what I'm saying. why are there so many of them that like don't have magic revolved around them? Like, who are these fuckers? Who are these like non-magical, non-flying fuckers who work for Highburn? I don't understand. I know. I, I feel like we've we've lost some of our fae somewhere. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. Anyway, whatever. But um, I can I can totally see the 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 commanders grabbing tail and running and sure, leaving, sure I got leaving that. the grunts leaving the grunts to be there to be the the carnage. Yes, I a thousand percent got that. I just I got confused because I was like, who the fuck are the grunts? I don't understand. But anyway, whatever, it's fine. That makes two of us. I don't know. I don't know who the fuck these people are. It's fine. Um, but anyway, so there's like the one commander on his horse who like kind of tried to stand his ground. And so Cassian selects him like eyeball to eyeball, a year mine kind of a deal. And basically this little section is kind of interesting. So I'll read it really quick just because like Pharaoh like observes this whole thing go down. Right. So she says that she swears even like Reese like stopped to like turn and watch this. Right. Like, oh, this is about to get good. Um, so Cassian cuts his way through the, uh, enemy soldiers aiming for the mounted hybrid commander who realized what and who was coming for him and started to search for a better weapon. Cassian had been born for this, these fields, this chaos and brutality and calculation. He didn't stop moving, seemed to know where every opponent fought both ahead and behind, seemed to breathe in the flow of the battle around him. He even let his siphon's shield drop to get close to feel the impact of the arrows that he took in that ebony shield. He slammed the shield into a soldier. His other arm was already swinging his sword at the next opponent i'd never seen anything like it the skill and precision it was like a dance and so basically more picks up on this and is just like yup <laughs> like pretty much that, that'd be him and favor has this moment where she's like oh my god like he is like as good as he like like for all of his like you know i'm the best blah 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 like he really actually is and she all of a sudden like oh my god like this like crazy warrior guy is who has been training me (laughs) little old me (laughs) yeah fair's like damn um so we get like a drawn out like Cassian versus this guy like spear shield hit other hit other hit rolling moving just read it because I'm making hand motions and that doesn't help you um but basically it ends up with Cassian's spear hitting right through the commander's chest uh and knocking the guy clean off his horse and then uh he just for good measure plunges his sword into the guy you know for good time's sake and <laughs> after watching this go down and basically Cassian having a nice tango with this commander anybody who had stuck around was like fuck it we're out and uh basically most of Highburn just like turned and fled so go run bye-bye yeah well and then in case you forgot because we were like planning ahead and we like really actually showed up to this battle so they like turn this is I guess the reason my brain didn't understand why they were going towards the river anyway because I like kind of knew this was coming so like now they're like fuck it we're out of here but as they turn to escape Tarquin's army has come up the bank so now (laughs) the Illyrians and Tarquin's army um, and then Kier's Darkbringers. So basically, they're just fully fucking surrounded. And more literally just says, it's over. <laughs> she says, it's over. You don't need to see this. <laughs> so she just like moves away, like moves them away. And it's like, okay, you don't need to watch them. Just like literally like behead everyone. It's fine. Everything is fine. So we get a little information about like how 
that turns out and it's mildly gruesome it's not too bad but you get it mm-hmm. um basically reese lets tarquin do whatever he wants like he like if tarquin wants to draw this out and make it ugly like that's on tarquin that's fine um and he uh drowns them yeah you just read it it's creepy it's 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 good i like it um then we what a magic yeah what a magic which again like i don't really understand because like we have these abilities and we just like don't really use them until the last minute so i don't know fine whatever yeah but how much how much energy i mean i have to think how much energy did tarquin have to expend to move his army there yeah and i i get that i guess i don't know i just feel like we go back and forth on like how much power do these people have because for example bringing all of these people in supposedly like exhausted reese but Reese somehow like cloaked all of Valara's single handedly. Like what? I, I don't. How's yeah, this but Reese guy? also Reese has more power than all the other High Lords combined. No, and I and I totally get that. But I'm just saying. But like even the description we get that like he's like sweating over bringing the Illyrians in, and it's like what? I don't know. Anyway, you, maybe you bring stress. In Ten to twelve thousand people. <laughs> and keep no, but he was t- he cloaked a whole town. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Maybe stress and like lack of like good sleep plays enough like plays into it. Maybe, Maybe he's dehydrated. Um. Okay, so we get a snowflake, and the new plan is that we're going to move the Illyrian war camp to the border of the Winter Court and like rebuild over there. That's just what we're doing. Um, Elaine doesn't give a flying fuck. Nesta is like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, I did figure this out. I still don't really understand where Nesta, don't understand where Nesta and Elaine were, but they weren't actually on the hill with Moore and, um, Feyre. For some reason they go, the, they're going to go, but they did not this time. I don't know. This, I, it doesn't read well to me. You're right. It's confusing. I get it confusing the next time. The next time they do go to the hill. I I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I don't know where they were. Don't don't ask me. But I guess they just hung mm. back at the camp alone. But that seems like a sketchy ass plan. So I don't know. Mm. Anyway, whatever. Uh- <laughs> Somebody had to be kept there to keep them safe. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck was doing that. But yeah, anyway, it's fine. So uh, Elaine doesn't know what's going on. I mean, she does, but she doesn't. She don't give a shit. Whatever. Okay, fine. Uh, Nesta is just like, I guess, awkwardly like uh overhearing she's like you know got her ear pressed to some tents and shit um <laughs> listening to the lowdown of everybody being like did you see what and um some people basically um liken him to like an ancient warrior god that the illyrians like believe in or whatever so yeah and go cast go Cass. yeah <laughs> exactly um Basically, uh, the women are just kind of, like, hanging out, helping, like, pack the shit up, kind of, like, you know, helping more or less tend to some people and whatever, like, kind of just waiting for, like, further information. And around early evening, like, once they've, like, reestablished, they've, like, moved all their stuff, um, the guys come in. So Reese and Cassian and Asriel's, like, still out scouting shit, I guess. He's not there, but anyway um reese comes and sits next to Feyre, and she's like sitting on a log and he's like there's this funny little thing about how like she goes to hand she hands him a pitcher of water and she goes to get a cup and give it to him but by the time she turns with the cup he's just drinking straight from the pitcher and she's like okay then 
<laughs> yes, she was thirsty. Guess so. She's okie-dokie then. Um, but this is kind of cute. Nesta had jolted to her feet, staring at Cassian at the helmet he had tucked into the crook of his arm, the weapon still poking above his shoulders in need of cleaning. His dark hair clung limp with sweat. His face was mud splattered where even the helmet had not kept it out. But she surveyed his seven siphons, the dim red stones, and then she said, you're hurt. Reese snapped to attention at that. Cassian's face was grim, his eyes glassy. It's fine. Even the words were laced with exhaustion, but she reached for his arm, his shield arm. Cassian seemed to hesitate, but offered it to her, tapping the siphon atop his palm. The armor slid back a fraction from his forearm, revealing, you know better than to walk around with an injury, Reese had bit tensely. I was busy, Cassian said, not taking his focus off Nesta as she studied the swollen wrist. Now she detected it, how she detected it through the armor. She must have read it in his eyes, his stance. I hadn't realized she'd been observing the Illyrian general enough to notice his tells. And it'll be fixed by morning, Cassian added, daring Reese to say otherwise. But Nesta's pale fingers gently probed his golden brown skin as he hissed through his teeth. How do I fix it? She asked. Which I just think is like big steps for Nesta. I love it. I mean, the fact that she noticed, okay. The fact that she noticed and said something, okay. The fact that she's like willing to be within like, you know. How do I fix this? Like, Make it yeah, better. I, the fact that she's like touching him, let alone within like a foot of him. It's like, wow, okay, this is big. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then, you know, how do I fix it? That's so cute. That's I so, know. That's so cute. Um, and then basically. Cinnamon rolly. I know. And so basically Cassian's just kind of like, oh, like we can just like ice it and like, like bandage it into place. It'll be fine. Blah, blah, blah. And Feyre's like, she basically says internally, I was too tired to do anything else. And I couldn't even pretend I wasn't. I just watched them. (laughs) (laughs) I was not even sneaky about it. I just sat there like, okay, show's about to start. (laughs) Give me the popcorn. Yeah. So um, she basically is just like, wow, this is weird <laughs> for both of them. <laughs> and uh, awkward for everybody else in the room. Yeah. And I guess everybody's just staring pretty much. And so Nesta like uh, wraps his wrist. Cassian just kind of like uh, basically grunts like good versus bad until she does exactly like what she like he needs. And it says, and when she tied it neatly, his wrist wrapped in white. When Nesta made to pull back, Cassian gripped his fingers in his good hand, gripped her fingers in his good hand. She lifted her gaze to his. Thank you, he said hoarsely. Nesta did not yank her hand away, which is really cute. Um, then they're like having staring moments and everybody's staring at them while they're staring at each other, which would be really cute. And Nesta was about to say something, but then Moore has to walk in and be all loud as fucking ruin the moment, being like, what happened? <laughs> um, no, she's like, you're hurt, is what she says, which I think is like so fucking weird to me because like, I don't know. She's just weird to me. Like, I think it's weird to come in and like not read a room. Um, but it's also weird to come in and be like so shocked that this guy who was just on a fucking battlefield has like minor injuries. <laughs> He's not like bleeding from his face. <laughs> He's not sprawled out on his back. <laughs> He's just sitting there wearing like a carpal tunnel wrap. <laughs> So anyway. I don't know. IDK. 
I don't know. I don't love it. But anyway, it's very awkward. She ruins the moment. Cassian's just like, huh, I'm fine. Nothing for you to cry over. And uh, it's awkward. And now Nesta feels awkward. So Nesta like hides out from the rest of, for the rest of the night and like won't come out of wherever she is. So that happened. Big Cody face. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that happened. <clears throat> so much, so much great progress. Yeah. Gone to shit in about two seconds. Yeah. 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 But we get a snowflake because this chapter will never fucking end. So, <laughs> so Feyre is just like running through some shit in her head. She's like, well, between the Darkbringer forces and the Illyrians, I wonder like where more fits into this whole fighting thing. Cause like she's neither. Um, and then like, th- these are the thoughts that plague her <laughs> while Reese is like, you know, Brees is doing the thing. Like, what is it? I think it's from uh, Grey's Anatomy where she's like, I need a shower and a nap and I'm hungry. I could eat in the shower, but I'd rather take a nap. <laughs> like, she can't decide which one of those she's going to do first. <laughs> like, she can't. Like, Reese is basically doing that, right? Because mm-hmm. he basically says to Feyre, you smell like, like, I'm going to, like, he smells stinky, and he's, like, laying in bed now next to her, and he's, like, you smell like blood, and she's, like, oh, I'm sorry, like, you smell like roses. (laughs) (laughs) You're so pretty smelling, you stink so pretty. Right, and so he's, like, you must be exhausted, and she's, like, and you should be sleeping, like, what the fuck? (laughs) So, um... Yeah, but then he's all, I can't sleep, and she's all, why? And he's all, I takes a while to settle down after a battle. Yeah, you can kind of, like, see where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, horse to water, man. <laughs> the horse strength this time. <laughs> yeah, I was trying, good work, because I was trying to come up with a good way to say, like, like we've had this conversation before but it works this time because he's like giving her kisses and he's like well i mean if you're too tired and she's like yeah fuck it right um (laughs) (laughs) on the nose there um (laughs) it's weird because of how it's written so i'm just gonna read it because i have more questions than i do answers okay Our joining was fast and hard, and I was clawing at his back before the end shattered through both of us, dragging my hands over his wings. For minutes afterwards, we remained there, my legs thrown over his shoulders. Okay, now I'm drawing a diagram. The rise and fall of his chest pushing into mine. Okay, yada, yada. Um, He lowers her legs. (laughs) Yeah, he lowers her legs from his shoulders. They give kisses. It's the whole thing. He's now back on his, he's sitting on his knee, like, He's kneeling down. She's looking at his tattoos on his knees. We've talked about these tattoos before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just confused because, like, usually we either get a bunch of details. So we have, like, a five-page, like, smut fest. Or we get no details and it's just, like, fade to black type nonsense. But here we just got, like, two short paragraphs that felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> and I think... I think they're uncomfortable because she, I think Sarah J. Mass didn't want to go into a lot of detail about how they were like fucking in a tent and everybody could hear it. Well, there's that. And here's the thing, how much of it was all written out and um, got edited? 
Well, that's because it's weird. Yeah, but you know, you know how we usually get a lot of the whole lots of detail and it makes sense. I'm thinking part of the awkwardness comes from the way it was edited. I mean, I'll give you that, but I just also mean it's like weird. Like you couldn't do it in a normal bed and like a normal, like, I mean, it wasn't a hotel, but more or less like you couldn't do it in a hotel room because Tamlin was like down the hall on another level, but you can do it now with people like bleeding injured or yeah yeah i don't fucking know dude i don't know it's just very uncomfortable so we had to talk about it (laughs) i mean i get i get where he was coming from energy wise sure i still stand by none of this makes any sense to me because these people can fucking winnow i don't know why you couldn't winnow home take a shower do it and come back i actually don't know i don't understand but whatever um anyway the things that take up space in my mind (laughs) anyway they have awkward sex and then they have more awkward like conversation that literally like at some point favor has to basically admit she's doing a shit job of communicating and she says what i'm trying and failing miserably to explain is that attacks like this one and this what i'm trying to failing miserably to explain is that attacks like the one in adriata and valaris i can fight in those there were people to defend and the disorder of it i can i'll gladly fight in those battles but what i saw today that sort of warfare will you be ashamed of me if i admit that i'm not sure i'm ready for that sort of battling and he's like no like dude like literally these people are actually like trained warriors why the fuck would i be like no this is bad really so yeah so it's like completely understandable that she's like not prepared <laughs> and so reese is like no you're fine and she's like are you sure i feel like a big coward now yeah. and he says the cutest thing he like rubs her cheek and says no one would ever think that of you not with all you've done pharaoh war is ugly and messy and unforgiving the soldiers doing the fighting are only a fraction of it don't est- underestimate how far it goes for them to see you here to see you tending to the wounded and participating in these meetings and councils Mm-hmm. So he's basically trying not to like diminish the fact that like she's doing a lot. <laughs> she probably is, and she probably is doing more than she realizes. And, right. You know, I think the fact that she's there, let's face it, most most of the other ladies of the courts right. that have them, most, not all, um aren't there. Yeah, like Moore's mom ain't hanging out. Um. <laughs> no, Moore's mom isn't there. Yeah, and and you and I both know that if Baron was there, the Lady of the Autumn Court wouldn't be there. Like, you know, That's it's kind real. of one of those... be lucky if Baron was there and wasn't just like I sent one of my four kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like there's no way. Like, I mean, we know Helian doesn't have one and well he right. sends his a man and it's a general so that yeah kind of a moot That's point a but, and well i don't know if cressida comes or not i think she does show up and then she does i feel like i have a note about that somewhere i know she ends up back yeah. in the summer court and i'll leave it at that so yeah. i but you know again it's one of those situations where there are fewer females there. Right, right. 
overall. So to have, even though Vivian is there. So basically the moral of the story is, is like Feyre is thinking this is surprising because she knows more, but more is the exception, not the rule. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. So because this is like going for world's longest chapter, uh, it's another snowflake. (laughs) And basically we just, Feyre just notes that like Tarquin's army didn't blend into the Illyrians as well as Kyrs did. Um, And they like, weren't like sharing bunk space. They were just like, you know, like Tarquin's army was around, you know, and makes sense right it does and Feyre is just like mulling stuff over she's like I wondered if Tamlin was like with Highburn's people and like I wondered if Nesta felt anything with the cauldron I assume she'd say something if she did I wonder how Amran is doing back in Valar's like Feyre's just like mulling a bunch of shit over and she's also like she's thinking about how like her whole deal with like the Braxis and like she's trying to think like about how that's really gonna like (laughs) it's one thing to say it it's another thing to do it you know (laughs) she's like really mulling over the details in her head like so I got one fucking shot at this I should really like be thinking what that looks like Mm -hmm. and basically we get a note that like She's doing a lot of mulling over and we, this is all basically to tell us that this is over a couple of days, actually. There's like a few days between these battles because now on the fifth day, uh, we've dug a trench. This is why I'm very confused about the style of warfare. We can fly. Again, we have magic. I'm not sure what the fuck we're digging. Whatever. We dig a trench <laughs> for reasons. And suddenly... um. Well, Highburn skirted around said trench and everything, uh, and is headed straight for the Winter Court border, which is bad news bears. Mm-hmm. That's where they're sitting, and they're like, "Wow, we just dug a fucking trench over there because we were sure they were coming from that direction." <laughs> I don't know. Mistakes were made. Um, Tarquin, Reese, and the others are all, like, uh, Calias and Vivian, they're all like, uh, well, fuck, now what? And they're realizing that they can't split the army into, like, two locations. What are they gonna do? And then Varian, who is here, comes up with an idea. (laughs) And he says... Smart man. Yeah, he goes, we march north and we stay here. And everybody's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 no. Hear me out. He says, spin a glamour, a good one, so that if anybody walks by here, they see and hear and smell an army. Put whatever spells into place to repel them from actually coming up here. But keep Iburn's eyes report, have Iburn's eyes report that we are still here, that we choose to stay here while we mark north under a sight, under a sight shield. Cassian murmurs. He's like, oh, I'm picking up on this. And he says, it could work. <laughs> And he says to Varian, you ever get sick of all that sunshine? You can complain with us in Valaris. <laughs> well. And Tarquin's just like, that sounds great, but Reese, do you actually think this is possible? And Reese says, basically, well, with Feyre's help, yes, I do. Because, like, she's not battling, so she has some of her, like, magic reserves. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's banking on that. And she's like, okay, it's all on me now. Cool beans. And, uh, yeah, so then we get another fucking snowflake. And 
basically all day Cressida is here. We don't know that until this moment. You're right. She is here. I don't know when she showed up, but Cressida is helping with this whole glamour setup. So Cressida's job is basically to add to the glamour, the parts that look like Tarquin's army so that she can like, you know, add her fancy summer court magic to make it like, yeah, yeah, I see summer court shit. I don't know. Again, the way magic works here, I'm really not all that sure. (laughs) But whatever. So we set up this big fancy glamour. So now that the glamour is in place, they're on the move and uh, I'm not a war strategist, so I don't know if this makes any sense or not, but uh, basically they come upon Hybern's army at the northern edge um, with the summer, like, court's eastern border and they meet, like, like, they end up where Azrael had, like, scouted ahead of time and said, like, this is the best point, like, we're going to settle here. And it says it was late enough in the afternoon that Hybern was ready to settle down for the night. So as they like hit their point, they're like, okay, this is a good plan. It's the afternoon. Like I said, I'm not a war strategist. I guess they were like, we're going to like get there in the afternoon. Everybody already like Hybern's people already be like settling in for their nighttime. They won't be expecting us to show up at 3 p.m. Again, I don't see why that would be the case, but um, they were ready i don't know it says <laughs> i want this is Feyre. i watched from the camp itself atop a broad rim leading into the grassy little valley where highburn had planned to rest elaine ducked into her tent we talked about where she went this time thank god <laughs> only nesta strode toward the edge of the tents to watch the battle on the valley floor below Morn joined her than me nesta did not flinch as the class like anyway so now they're watching it sounds to me like the plan was I guess they thought they would get like some surprise points, but they really didn't. Hybrid was like standing there still like holding their shit ready to go. So now this is going to be like worse than they bargained for. And now the girls are all standing on the edge of a like overlook watching this go down because this is like the civil war. They brought a picnic. Well, (laughs) I think part of it, but I also think part of it is, is that Hybrid was hoping to be able to surprise them. Yeah. And in in a way, I mean, it does give it does give you know it does give Reese and the other High Lords the the chance to. I mean, they did get the higher ground. They got the higher ground, but it literally says Highburn had been ready. The appearance they'd given of a tar- tired army ready to rest for the night it had been a ruse, just as our own had been. So like. For some reason, they basically let them take the higher ground. And that's why it's like, well, this is awkward. Well, yeah. And that part I don't disagree yeah, with. I, I don't. God, why would you let them take the higher ground? Right. So something about this doesn't make sense to me, but I ain't no war strategist. Anyway, so now we're doing battle 2.0. This time Nesta is watching and chewing her fingernails and everybody's chewing their fingernails and sweating. And Reese and Tarquin basically are not fighting as well as they had before because, well, they just drained themselves doing all this glamour shit. And apparently it's raining, so that's also a good time. Loving that. Uh, a line of the Darkbringers caves to an onslaught from Hyburn's cavalry, so that's not great. And basically it's described as like a burst dam. Basically Hyburn now is like flooding into the area. So like the Illyrians aren't able to like hold the line anymore. And basically like 
Cassian's like yelling over the hilltop trying to like give directions and it's just it's it's bad you have to read it it's ugly it's not going well like last time and more is literally like trying to like do the like sideline coaching where she's like reform the lines reform the lines and it's like not you know doing anything and Nesta is all Nesta can say is mother above and she's just not she's looking pale and Basically, all of a sudden, Highburn, who had apparently hidden the majority of its forces somehow, like, comes in full-fledged and is just, like, taking them out. And all of a sudden, Feyre, like, thinks back and she said, like, she's thinking back to, like, all the things, like, Elaine had seen and this just, like, wasn't one mm-hmm. of them. And she's like, how is it that Asriel, like, couldn't see like where Highburn was hiding their people. How could Elaine not see where Highburn was like, how did we end up in this shitty situation? Right. Right. And so Moore is freaking out. Nesta is freaking out and Feyre is freaking out. But Feyre then internally says, I realized what I had to do. If I could not be down there fighting who I had to hunt down and ask about the location of Highburn's true army, the Surreal. And that's the end of that chapter. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. We got there. Um, 57 is really short, so I'll take that. And then, Kim, you're going to do some fun stuff. Your chapters are short, but they're fun. (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty fun. So 57 just kind of wraps up where we left off, which is all of a sudden she's like, aha, idea, we got a surreal. And more, it just starts out with more being like, absolutely not. And it's not, absolutely not, don't get the surreal. It's absolutely not because Ferris said, like, go down and join them. Like, I know you want to be fighting down there. And she's like, no, like, I'm supposed to be here, like, guarding you and Nesta, basically. And she says, go join them. You're wasted here. They need you. Cassian and As need you to push back those front lines. And Reese is like, he's, she's like, Reese is going to kill me if he finds out. And she's like, no, he won't. Like, get over it. Just go. Right. And so there's two points to this. She needs more. She knows they truly do need more help and more is like well-rested comparatively. So like they do need Absolutely. more help. But also she needs more to not notice when she sneaks off to find Surreal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they're arguing back and forth a little bit. And finally Nesta is the one that says help them. Like Nesta's like, they like I'm watching this and they are fucked. Help them. And so more finally like that's kind of like what snaps more out of it is like damn even if Nesta's saying it all right I'll go and so she says all right like be on your guard and so she winnows down to the battlefield right next to Asriel and like we get some cool like imagery of like the two of them and like they fight their way like towards Cassian so it's just I don't know it's like a really interesting like little description you just have to read for yourself and it's really fun um I like it Nesta, on the other hand, is, like, sweating bullets at this point because she doesn't want to admit that she's, like, really stressed out for a specific Illyrian down there. But uh, she's just standing there, like, hand on her, like, like throat, like, gulp. Uh, so that's fine. And then is like, sneaking away. And Nesta's like, you're leaving? And all she says is, I'll be back soon. And Nesta's just like, okay. And she just stands there. And she's gonna, like, watch this whole battle by herself. So that's gonna cause some PTSD. Anyway... <laughs> a little <laughs> anyway we get another snowflake which is weird because this chapter literally kindle was like this chapter is four minutes long and i'm like who needs a snowflake but um it's really because it's a scene change because now i was gonna Feyre, say scene change yeah Feyre is now um looking for elaine and she's like hey elaine like i need you to find something for me 
And she basically like <laughs> grabs out a map and she's like, basically like leads Elaine, I imagine like by her, like, like by her collar, like come over here. And is basically like, look at this. And she says, it's called the Surreal. It is one of many who bear that name, but it looks like this. And she shows like in her mind, she shows Elaine mm-hmm. what the Surreal looks like. Um, she does ask Elaine if she can show her and Elaine is just like, uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's awkward. I, I guess it's nicer than just like shoving that image in your brain and being like, ah, because the cereal is not exactly attractive. But um, it is I, kind I, of a scary looking critter. Yeah. Elaine doesn't really say yes. She asks, like, can I show it to you? And Elaine doesn't say anything. She says, plant the image in your mind so you know where to look. And Elaine just says, I don't know how to look. And she's like, you can try. And then she just like vaguely sort of nods. So I don't know. It feels like she asked, but didn't wait for an answer. <laughs> well, we, we, okay. we are in the middle of a really bad, ugly yeah. battle. So I get the, it. We got the time crunch. Anyway, so she shows it to Elaine in her mind. And Elaine kind of like is able to like kind of sense it out. And she says it moves. It moves through the world like the breath of Western wind. And so Pharaoh's like, well, can you at least tell me like where it's headed? And she like points on the map and it, the surreal is headed towards the middle. And so all of a sudden, Feyre like, okay, the surreal is headed to the ancient forest in the middle, just south, miles perhaps from the weaver of the wood. And then we get another snowflake because Feyre winnows in five leaps because remember, she's kind of tired. And she like flop, 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 flops until she gets to the middle, like past the weaver's cottage. And she says, things other than the weaver prowled these woods and the weaver herself, Striga, the bone carver had called her, his sister, both siblings to an awful male creature lurking in another part of the world. I drew my Illyrian blade, the metal singing in the thick air. And an ancient rasping voice asked behind me, have you come to kill me or to beg for my help once again, Feyre Archeron? I wonder who it could be. Kim, who could it be? I don't know. Let me think. We're not going to spill any tea, so. <laughs> There's no tea to spill. <laughs> so, so, Kim, who can it be? Dot, 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 end of chapter. My bad. I should be more clear. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, that was the end of the chapter. So now we're at chapter 58. Feyre turns around and. Dun dun dun, the surreal is standing a few feet away, clad not in the cloak that she had given it last time, but in a different one that was heavier and darker. The fabric, though, was already torn and shredded. So I find that interesting. Yeah. And as she says, it's only a few months since I had last seen it when it told me that Reese was my mate. It might as well have been a lifetime ago. So a lot has definitely happened since the last time she saw Surrey. Ooh, yeah, just a little bit. Which is why it would have been more fun instead of it asking, like, are you here to kill me? It should have been like, ooh, our congratulations in order. <laughs> you know? Hello? Are you here to deliver your wedding invitation? <laughs> that or have, um, have at least the first thing the Surreal says is, you're welcome. Um, Neat. Anyway. <laughs> But we don't get that. But what the serial does say, I think, is extremely interesting. Thrice now we have met. Thrice now you have hunted for me. This time you sent the trembling fawn to find me. I did not expect to see those doe eyes peering at me from across the world. 
okay. I know. She's so offended. <laughs> so of course, poor, poor Feyre is like, I- I'm sorry if it was a violation, which at least she, she's got the manners enough to apologize. And she's like, sure. it is urgent. And Surreal doesn't even, Surrey's smart this time. Surrey doesn't even try to like mince words. It's, you want to know where Hybern is hiding the army. And some other stuff as as Feyre after she confirms that yes, that is what she wants. She goes, but there's I have, there are other things too. But let's start with that part, shall we? Sure. And but Suri is like you know even I can't see it. Um, and Feyre's stomach tightens and says, "You can see everything but that." And the surreal, uh, uh, this whole bit, I just have to read it because it's just, it's the way it's written. The surreal angled its head in a way that reminded me that it was indeed a predator and there was no snare this time to hold it back. He uses magic to cloak it. Magic far older than I. The cauldron. Another awful smile. Yes, that mighty wicked thing, that bowl of life and death. It shivered with what I could have sworn was delight. You have one already who can find Highburn. And Farah's like, Elaine says she cannot see it, see past his magic. To which Suri says, then use the other to find it. And, and Farah's like, wait, Nesta? <laughs> right. Use Nesta? Like, can you clear this up for a moment? Like, And all... All Suri says is, like calls the like. How many times have we heard that in this series? That's the truth. Um, and it's tell the beautiful thief to find it. Which I think is interesting that Surreal calls Nesta a thief. I know. I know. I love that. I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to love that, but I do. I love it. I think it's awesome. And then the Surreal says use, you know, have her scry for it. And Pharaoh's like, scry? What? Who? Where? What? And then the the Surreal's like, so, you know, yeah, with bones and stones. So, okay. So, there you go. (laughs) Right? Um, And then Pharaoh wants to know, and she asks, why did the cauldron not react when I joined the book and spoke the spell to nullify its power? Because you did not hold on for long enough. It was killing me. Did you think you could leash its power without a cost? My heart stuttered. I need to... To die for it to be stopped? So dramatic, human heart. But yes. Yes, that spell would have drained the life from you. And then Fair's like, is there another spell? Right. Like, okay, great. So is there a plan B? (laughs) Yeah. And then she's like, finally she goes, well, so if we nullify the cauldron, is it enough to, to stop Highburn? And the surreal says, depends on your allies, if they survive long enough to battle afterward. And then Pharaoh says, would the bone carver make a, di- a difference? And then in her head, she's thinking, and by axis. And this surprises Suri because Suri's like, I cannot see, not him. He's right. not born of this earth. His thread has not been woven in. 
You wish to save Prithian so much that you would risk unleashing him. And Pharaoh's like, yes. You're like, he wants something. the Ouroboros, but yes. Right, something like that. And, of course, Serial's like, oh, the, the mirror beginnings and endings. And Pharaoh's like, I can't retrieve it. And Suri's like, hey, so you're afraid to look? You're afraid to see what's within? And Pharaoh's like, will it drive me mad? Because, you know, let's because face it right now, I don't think that's an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love this. And this is, of course, a very famous quote that the fandom uses a lot. And it is, only you can decide what breaks you, Cursebreaker. Only you. Tell the silver-eyed messenger that the answer lies on the second and penultimate pages of the book. Together, they hold the key. And of course, Fair's like, what, what key? What key? Yeah, she's like, pause. What? And then Suri says, the answer to what you need to stop high, and then it stops. And poor Favor is like, huh? In shock. Because she's looking at the cereal. And there's this wooden thing sticking out of the cereal's throat. It's an ash arrow. And Favor is now splattered in black blood from the cereal. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. That and is- then there are more arrows. Not one, not two, not three, a bunch! <laughs> a whole bunch. And, you know, the cereal falls to its knees. And Feyre, I don't understand this. She surges towards the cereal. And I know it's because she was doing it to, to try to protect the cereal. And she, on her way to do that, she has her sword and she has a knife. And she ends up having to hide behind a tree. And that one hits Suriel again. And of course, Suriel is screaming because this poor, poor Suriel is in a lot of pain with all these ash arrows in it. I would assume. And then Farah says she hears this lovely lilting voice that she that croons to her quite literally. Why does it talk to you, Farah, when it would not even deign to speak to me? And Farrah's like, I know that voice. It's Ianthe. Who knew? Like, who saw that coming? Who saw that coming? Because I know the first time I read it, I didn't see it coming. I know that the second time reading, I forgot it was coming. (laughs) It's that whole, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what? And it's Ianthe with two highborn soldiers standing there behind her. And, oh, that's the end of the chapter. Okay, but that part's not surprising because we knew she was a bitch. (laughs) Well, yeah. But we also know she wasn't the one firing the arrows. Also true. So chapter 59. Oi. Bear is hiding behind a tree. She's looking at her surroundings. Now she's tired. Because remember, right. they haven't had any rest. They've they've pushed themselves um, to expend a whole lot of energy to, right. to get to where they are. And she looks over and she's like, I could winnow, I could winnow and be gone, but the ash arrows that I put into the cereal. And she's like, 
I met its eyes as it lay there, bleeding out on the moss. The same ash arrows that had brought down Reese, but my mates had been carefully placed to disable him. These had been aimed to kill. And the big mouth of two big teeth formed a silent word, run. So the surreal is trying to help Feyre. Which is so nice. Like It is. That surreal is the best. And then Ianthe's like, you know, she tells Feyre that it took Highburn several days to unravel the mess in Ianthe's head. And Ianthe still can't really use the one hand. Oh, shucky poo darn. Um, and of course, Feyre's thinking, winnow, I should winnow away from here. And she just, she wants to try to save the surreal. And she's, she's, she, you know, she's really having this internal battle with herself about, do I stay or do I go? And then Ianthe says, you know, I'd heard from Tamblin how you captured this one, a, a.k.a. the surreal. And so she adopted the methods. But then she says... The robe I gave it, a simple tracking spell, a gift from the king, to be triggered in your presence if you should come calling again. So we know how Ianthe found them, which sucks. And the surreal is still telling Feyre to run, get the hell out of Dodge. Feyre's not smart enough to leave. And, of course, then Ianthe's like, well, you know, and Highburn's protected my mind, so you can't break in and do it. Nanny, 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 boo boo, which is basically what I know. That is basically, say. it's like really we. I gotta admit, even the writing was weird. Yeah, it, it, it's very strange. And you know, it Pharaoh notices it really is just Anthony and two soldiers. That's it, only two. And she realizes that Anthony had underestimated her. And she looks out she she bends out and she turns from the tree to look at the surreal one more time and the surreal's like no don't do it don't do it don't do it and it's, Feyre, it's, like that, it's like that sound from tiktok i ain't gonna do it girl i'm just thinking about it i'm not gonna do it i did it <laughs> she's looking at the surreal no i'm not gonna do it girl i'm not gonna do it i'm just thinking about it i'm not gonna do it <laughs> but i did it and then Ferris steps into the clearing. Oh, Christ on a cracker. And all she says, I love it though. What she says is, she looks at Ianthe and says, I should have slit your throat that night in the tent. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, you know. How much could you have saved yourself? A lot here? of people feel that way. <laughs> and anyway, Ferris throws up a shield just as these ash arrows come right at her. Which break through the shield, but don't get to her, but it drains out her shield and a lot of her magic. And of course, then Feyre's like, fine, you're going to have to catch me first. We get a snowflake, because Feyre's running through the forest. Now, remember, we're in the middle, and we know we're only maybe a couple miles away from the Weaver, right? So keep this all in mind, boys and girls. Um, So we have a snowflake, so it's a scene change. And then Feyre's like, after the snowflake, she's running and she's like, you know, she she had this weird feeling like the, the forest was moving out of its way for her, but then closing back up and, and tangling up behind her right. to slow down Anthony and the, the hybrid soldiers, which I thought is kind of cool. Um, she 
put all the energy and strength she had into her legs. She only she knew she only had to outrun them for so long. And she wants to buy time for the cereal so she can allow the cereal to flee. And make sure that Ianthe and Hybern are going to pay for what they've done. And so she follows her instincts. She goes to where she needs to go. And she's running. And she starts to recognize the trees and the rocks. And um, she's like, there I stood with Reese. And there I flirted with them. And yada, yada, yada. We all get the picture. She's running. And then the light gets brighter. And she's running and zigzagging to get away from all the 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 arrows that are being shot at her from the hybrid soldiers. And um, she's doing her thing. And she finally, she starts to make sounds to kind of lure them along. Right. She breaks out into a clearing and over the stones leading to that hair thatched cottage. Help me, I breathed, making sure they heard that too. The wooden door was already half open. The world slowed and cleared with each step, each heartbeat, as I hurtled over the threshold and into the weaver's cottage. I'm obsessed with that. Like, I'm obsessed with the fact that, like, in her head, that's her move. She's like, I'm going for it! (laughs) And that's the end of the chapter, boys and girls. Like, we are... But, like, think about all the things, like... Like, so that's where we're ending today's episode. But, like, I told you we were going to see so many people again. I mean, we didn't actually see the Weaver, but we brought the concept of the Weaver back. We've seen Ianthe again. We've seen um, um, the Surreal again. Like, it's been one big, ugly reunion. Like, not the kind you want to go to. (laughs) Except maybe the Surreal. I mean, the Surreal does, is owed, like, an invitation to a wedding. (laughs) Something. Let's sur- Surrey needs a, a serious like invite to the tea party. Somewhere. A fruit basket. <laughs> Something. Something. So, so, yeah. uh, so that's how it ends. Say, yeah, but it's, so- it's a lot of adrenaline pumping and crazy and woo, lots happening really fast. We love it. And I think my, I, I don't remember the exact number, but my Kindle says we're like 70 something percent, right? Like almost 80% through now. Yeah, we're in the somewhere in the seventies. I can't tell you off the top of my head. I don't remember either, but um, I'll check that next time because now I'm curious. All right, um, Kim. Yeah, I know. Hit us with these songs. I'm really excited about them. (laughs) So we have some tunage. Um, I I had fun, especially one song. Like I said, I I told you guys I had one that I was holding and holding, and I'm so excited I found it and got to use it. And. Um, the first song is Warriors by Imagine Dragons <laughs> when Reese and Azrael and Cassian are in the first battle. In fairness, and- Kim, is, Kim is giggling because as we go through the song list, uh, my baby is dancing to the imaginary music in the background. So she was like, the first song is Warriors by Imagine Dragons and my kid's like, woo! <laughs> She's like, oh, it's mommy's playlist time. <laughs> And she's waving and smiling at me on top of it all. So it's even better. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. She just, she, she was very quiet for most of our recording, which I can't say always happens, but she was very quiet because she was napping and now she's awake and she's like, party time. I did not miss the recording. I am here. How dare you start without me? <laughs> exactly. 
So now I'm going to dance to the music. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, carry on. (laughs) It's okay. Um, Anyway, uh, so that was the first song. The second song is You Win or You Die by Carlene. Uh, And it's during the battle with Favor and War watching. So I I felt that was kind of appropriate. I like it. Um, Number three is during the second battle. And it's I'll Make It Worth Your While by Artificial Pressure. And it's when Moore is watching the battle, kind of dancing around, wanting to join. And Favor's like, so go down there. Go help them. Uh, song four is White Flag by Bishop Briggs. No, not the Dido song. Trust me, people. That was the song that ran through my head when, when no. Kelsey first brought this to my attention. <laughs> and I was like, wrong song. But Bishop Briggs is the one that does that uh, river song that everybody yes. uses in the background of their TikTok. <laughs> yes. It's a great song. Love it. And it was Kelsey's suggestion. So props to you, my friend. Um, and it's when more widows into the battle and favor goes hunting for uh, hunting for Elaine to track down Surrey. Um, the next song, <laughs> this is the one that I, I was so excited. I finally had a place to use it because I knew I needed to use it. And that is Poison Arrow from ABC. And uh, it's when the Highburn um, soldier, soldiers shoot Surrey. Boo hiss, but it's kind of appropriate for its use. I like I said, I was very excited. I had a place to use this. I knew I had to find somewhere to use this. Right. It's just too appropriate. I mean, come on, people. We're dealing with arrows and fairies. And I mean, come on, gotta have it, right? Um, so song six is Save You by Turn Breaks. It's Feyre to the Surreal, uh, leading Ianthe and Hibern away. It's, you know, the unspoken communication that they're having. And the last song is La Belle Dame Sans Merci uh, by the Medieval Babes. And it's fairly... What a name for a group. I love that. They're so awesome. They're so awesome. We'll see if they'll be at Friend Fair this year. They're just starting to slowly announce acts performing at Maryland this year. So we'll see. And y'all, there's a good chance that I'm going to move before the fucking Ren Fair, and I have lived here for ages waiting to go to the freaking Ren Fair, but COVID kept saying no, 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 no. And now I'm about to move away, and I'm really irritated about it. <laughs> Ren Fair is finally going to come back, and I'm not going to be able to go. <laughs> I'm sad for you. I'm sad for me too. We may be taking a freaking car ride. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's when favorite so la belle dame sans la belle dame sans merci for the medieval babes is when Feyre is leading Ianthe and the hybrid soldiers to the weaver's cottage because well let's face it Feyre has no pity for what she's about to do and those are the songs i lose it it's kind of a quiet slower playlist overall okay my brain already you can edit this out if i'm an idiot did we and maybe it's just because i spent so much time this week trying to think of a song for this play for this section and i never did come up with one but now i already like my brain already melted out my ears and i already forgot if you found one um you literally just went through the list and i already forgot um did did we find one for cassie and the nesta's little moment 
No. Okay, I didn't think we did because I looked all week, okay? Guys, I was like, I had my headphones in at work. I was, I should have been working harder than I was because I was too busy listening to every song on the planet looking for a Nesta Cassian song and I never came up with the one I liked. Me either. I, I struggled. Okay. I mean, I found some really, there's some great songs out there for them, but that. I know, but like that not that specific, specific moment. Section. Yeah. I wanted yeah. something. I, sa- I found some that were close, but I never found anything I liked yes. enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm there because I was struggling with it myself. So okay. I get it. I it, thought, it, I thought it that was, was the case, but then I did get distracted by a small dancing child. So I, I, then I thought maybe I missed it. <laughs> no, no, you didn't miss it. And I, I, like I said, I found a lot of wonderful songs uh, that, that definitely exemplify Cassie and Anesta and their relationship. I'll be yeah. honest, most of them are far more appropriate for Silver Flames. Exactly the problem I ran into. Yeah. So I'm like, I, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Alrighty. Well, I guess that wraps up this episode. It was a quick one because these chapters were pretty short, but uh, we'll be back uh, next week with more craziness and Weaver's cottaginess. And guys, it just is, cons- it's just consistently wild from here. Also, I apologize for anybody who's now distracted by the fact that my child is playing with a rattle in the background and just hears. Aren't you glad she was asleep most of the recording? <laughs> Aren't y'all glad she didn't do it for the last hour? <laughs> also, nobody's going to listen at this point in the podcast. Everybody has turned it off by now. But by chance, I'm that sure. any, but by chance that anybody is listening, and by chance that anybody is listened to Undressing the Witcher, the podcast that Felicia Day does, I just want to mm-hmm. say that Felicia Day, I I love her and I'm I'm with her because. Even she, as like, you know, way more popular and professional than we are, even she, as you hear my child in the background, even she, her four-year-old, can sometimes be heard in the background, and it makes me feel better. (laughs) Hey, the little things that we can all aspire to. And sometimes the neighbor of Tom's dog, I don't know, I worded that weird, but Tom, her co-host, there was a dog and it was barking in the background. And I'm just saying, like, I feel better that we are not the only ones winging a podcast at our house hoping for the best. (laughs) Exactly. No, exactly. I mean, hello. Real life. It's definitely challenging. It's definitely challenging. I will tell you all, if you're still listening, for those of you that still listen, that Kelsey and I have seriously been talking about a lot of really fun, cool things, especially with our one-year anniversary coming up. Yeah. And we're so excited. And uh, we have we have a lot of really cool things that we're planning and going to try and start doing. So please, uh, you know, Keep us in your thoughts and let us know. Yeah. And subscribe, uh, you know. follow, message, do all the things. Keep an eye on Absolutely. socials, yeah, because stuff's coming. Info. We've fun. got we've got some fun giveaways. I I am very excited about one giveaway in particular. Um, I'm rating my own personal stash from some stuff that I had gotten in one of my my uh, subscription boxes for some things to put into a giveaway for y'all. Because well, I think it's appropriate and. I would because love to share. We keep so many things. <laughs> yeah, I would love to share. I, I want to share the wealth of all my goodies because I have a lot of goodies, and so I'm going to start sharing some of my wealth. Um, we love there are it. some that I won't be sharing, but some of it I will. Anyway, 
Uh, that being said, I will tell you that we've also talked about some blog posts. I have a couple that I really want to write. I just haven't gotten to it. I apologize, y'all. So keep um, your eyes out. Those are coming. Yeah, those will be coming. Um, I, I've had a pretty crazy work situation for the last month or so. So um, as Kelsey knows. And so I just haven't had a chance to really sit down and start banging out uh, podcast uh, blogs. So I will start getting some of those done. Anyway. We'll tell you about when those hit on our socials yep. and you can find us on all of the socials with two A's like Sarah J. Mass's name, our website, mm-hmm. massivefanbookclub.com. That's where the podcast uh, blog lives. Blogs. So go there. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook at Massive Fans Book Club and Podcast, Twitter at Massive Podcast, Instagram at Massive Fans Podcast, Pinterest Massive Fans and TikTok Massive Fan Pod. I actually just posted a TikTok the other day. I don't do it frequently, but I did just post one the other day. So fun times <laughs> speaking of tiktok speaking of tiktok or an instagram how many of y'all i'm dying to know i'm dying to know how many of y'all saw our our uh, valentines yes if you're still listening at this point then kudos to you we want to know about it so message us and tell us which of your which valentine was your favorite i hope you saw them or- we know some people saw them we hope you liked them <laughs> They're pinned. They're pinned at the top of the Instagram page. That's so you, you can, can go look at them again. You can go look at them again if you want to go back and refresh it. And go, go, go check out your Valentines because they're awesome. They're Kelsey so and I had a lot of fun thinking of those and we did. doing we did. those. Okay, well, we've chatted in your ear long enough. I guess it's time to go. Yes. So, uh, okay, bye! <laughs>